Hey everyone, it's Nellie Thomas here. How are you doing? This is Dear Nellie, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. We hope you're loving the podcast as much as we are. A few quick things before we get into the show. Uh, for information about our fabulous live shows, which we do semi-regularly, go to NellieThomas.com and follow the links. We've just done a few in Melbourne, one in Sydney, and we'll be back for more early next year in 2024. Now your listener calls are the backbone of this podcast. They're the best. Chuck out the rest. Take a chance. Send me in your question, your comment, your dating story, regret, anything really. We absolutely love hearing from you and you can remain anonymous. Follow the links on my website or see the show notes for more information. To support the podcast and keep it coming out for free, please rate it on whatever app you're on now. Just pull it out. Hopefully give it a five-star rating that helps other people find it. Tell your mates, share it on socials, do all that stuff. If you can, please join Patreon or Acast Plus for five bucks a month and you get a bonus episode every month and some other perks. If you can't, that's also fine. Just keep listening every week for free. We can't do this without you. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Last but not least, if you're new to the podcast, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. Let me put it this way. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off your fuck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Let's get started. So welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. And we are joined by the one and only Matt Kelly. How are you, Matt? I am extremely well and very happy to be speaking to you. Wonderful. Now, of course, you and I know each other from around the traps and we used to have the same management and we've been in similar spaces, but I would like you to introduce yourself because you're a man of many talents. Oh, um, 
Well, uh, I guess the bo- the bulk of my work is I, I, um, I'm in a comedy double act called The Listies. Yes, um, which many people will know. Um, well, yeah, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> um, uh, and and it's, a, it's a comedy double act and we travel around the world making families laugh. Yep. Um, and then, you know, I do some writing and directing and that kind of stuff on the side. But that's basically most of my job is making families laugh. Yeah, is doing The Listies, which are... Just fabulous, fun kids shows. I've taken my kids a couple of times. It's a, it's that combination for regular listeners. The vibe of it reminds me of like Harley and Wade together. Those of you who have listened will know Harley. It's like two old friends who have a bit of toilet humour and a bit of slapstick and a bit of clowning and a lot of comedy and it just all comes together in this sort of just joyous, I don't know, just like celebration of being in the moment, I reckon. Oh, thank you. That's really lovely. Yeah, it's kind of it's like if Bert and Ernie were Australian and, um, you know, grew up in the suburbs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sort of, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, I'll be Big Bird. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> so um, as I think you know, we normally start with going back to Little Matt. So I'm very interested in, let's say, sort of teenage Matt. Like, were Mm -hmm. you dating? Were you interested in dating? Like, what's your sort of early dating relationships journey? Oh, uh, Oh. a very slow, a very slow start, Nelly. A very, a very slow start to life in that in that capacity. But of course, being a children's performer, I don't. I've never had sex. I'm just a large area (laughs) down there, like. That doesn't exist for me. Um, so, oh, Matt, yeah, no. being a mother, do you remember that ad, the mother of daughters? Being the, a uh, mother, I've also mother never had sex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. because it would be gross. It would be gross and no one needs to hear about it. No, nah, well, I don't want to. Is that the end of the podcast then? <laughs> I think you do, now? actually. I think you do. <laughs> so did you have any, like, romances in high school or are we talking, like, after high school? It was really funny. I had, like, I think maybe like a lot of country gays, I had some really intense friendships with um, some women uh, that would often lead to, like, uncomfortable conversations where <laughs> one person would express feelings and the other person would be like, what? Why? What? I thought, I thought we were friends. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, I, yeah. We were talking. Um, yeah. So for purposes of clarity, you identify as a gay homosexual? Uh, yes, I am a gay homosexual. But, again, <laughs> as a children's performer, I'm not really allowed no, you're to do not. that. Fair enough. Well, don't so, get in drag I... and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so you were in a small country town. Was it? Was the lack of romance because it was hard to come out or had you just not developed to the point where you even knew what you were feeling? Like what was the prohibition? Yeah. I reckon it's that, Nelly. Like, yeah. uh, I, th- I think it, I think it was that I didn't really, um, I wasn't romantically interested in girls, and so there was just no other option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think that's a quite common queer story for um, regional homosexuals. Yes, agreed. Uh, and then I moved to the city, and then uh, just had my mind expanded, and you know, yeah. started. To- plays with folks in the city and then becoming oddly fascinated with um, particular members of the cast and then following them around and falling in love with them and then being on the receiving end of, why don't you love me? 
Oh, isn't that, that's the most awful, awful feeling, isn't it? When you think, and I can imagine, you know, that scenario where these girls, you know, I mean, it's a cliche, but it's also true. Like a lot of straight women get along really well with gay men because Mm. it's a cliche, but there's some truth in the fact that gay men are more expressive and talk more and more emotionally intelligent, not universally. Don't fucking email me, email Matt. But, you know, that connection is what they're yearning for. A hundred percent. And I also think that we grow up um, together um, learning how to share that intimacy with each other as well. Like we kind of, I like to talk about feelings. And so I hung out with women and like got very well trained by the wonderful women in my life that that it's important to talk about how you're feeling and it's really important to listen to them when they talk about their feelings. Sure is. <laughs> just, note, just note to any listener, listen to feelings. Right. You've got to be able to sit with feelings. I mean, if you can't come close to big feelings, I don't think you can have real connection. And that mm. applies across the board, whether that your parenting, romantically, friendship. I mean, yes, there's some friends that you just have a beer with. But if you want deep connection, you have to be able to sit in difficult spaces and and big overwhelming feelings sometimes. Yeah, and be entirely comfortable with not really knowing what to say. Yes, as well. Wow, um, and think- don't you learn as you get older? Most times you don't have to say anything. Nothing at all. Shutting up is actually the best thing you can do in most situations. Just be there, you know. Just yeah. be there. Like I used to be. Definitely, and I have to watch this in myself because I can't stand seeing people in pain. I would do that awful fixer thing. Oh, well, mm. you should do this, Matt, or you should try yes. this. And and I learned the hard way that not only was that not helpful, it was harmful because yeah. it actually is very patronising for the other person mm. when they probably know the solutions themselves. They're just not ready yet. Yeah. Or, or they're just not in a place where they need that from you. They just no. need you to like go oh man that sucks yes exactly that's hard this is hard and I think I had someone say to me once many years ago like the best thing you can do is actually say would you like me to listen or would you like a suggestion and then listen to what they say if they say just listen don't fucking suggest anything like pull back anyway we're getting off track your first (laughs) when did you have Um, your first boyfriend I had my first boyfriend when I was 25 yep um I won money on a game show did uh, you which one I was on deal or no deal oh my god deal Mm. deal for listeners I'm doing the deal sign Um, how great uh, yeah, it was a, it was an amazing experience. I'd never seen the show before, yeah. And got pulled out of the audience and had to say to the host, um, "I have no idea how this works." So can wow. you just give me two minutes? That's to hilarious. That. Yeah, um, but then I I was sort of like hanging. I was I was kind of I wasn't really out then. I was sort of out to my housemates, yeah. Um, but I wasn't really doing anything about it but it was yeah. just an easier way to apply to myself than straight because I knew that I I would just I didn't want to be in that situation where I was like hanging out with somebody and then hurting their feelings yeah 
uh, again, like, um, so I just Oh, you're kind of an pick- empath, aren't you, my friend? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm getting the vibes here. So if, and don't, do not answer this if it's too personal, but had you had any intimate contact, however you want to take that before that, or no. are we talking, right. So, and I think this is really good for people to, um, take on board because a lot of our callers, I don't know, they're almost embarrassed if they're so-called late bloomers. And you're like, actually, it's very common for people Mm. to not have sex or a relationship until well into their 20s. For some people later, it's completely normal. It's just that we don't hear about it. Yeah. And I think that's like you spend a lot of time, because I'm a flamboyant, like, young man, old man, middle-aged man, uh, and... um, I kept getting that the the label of gay and all of the other slurs applied to me at school, and I just one hundred percent didn't want to be that. I didn't want yeah. those people to be right. I didn't want that. I, and so I just sort of managed to squash it down with like a mm. heady combination of like booze and depression, yes, yeah, <laughs> and avoidance. Um, and uh, then. Um, then I won the money and I went overseas and I didn't have anybody around me who knew me. I mm. didn't have, I didn't have to, like, I didn't have to be anything other than me. Mm. And I just threw myself at, at that world. And like, I just, I just threw myself open and was like, well, no one knows here. Like yeah. I can just do whatever. I, I can be free. And that's yeah. like, you can come out in every sense of the word. You know, mm. not just the yeah. disclosure, yeah, yeah. but like developing who you are. I've said this yeah. on the podcast before, but I think it's interesting to reflect on it in this context. One of my favorite lines from the TV show The Sopranos is the psychiatrist says, Depression is rage turned inwards. And mm. when mm. I hear like you kind of going, Oh, you know, I was so angry basically at the Mm. homophobia that you'd experience. And so you're trying to squash it down, trying to squash it down. The only way for that to go is to make you feel like shit. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I I think anger or or maybe, or maybe it's like a a shame, like a shame Mm. um, turned inward and and it bubbled up and Mm. uh, I, I wasn't okay in my 20s um, no. and then uh, I went and I, I don't know, fell in love and met somebody who loved me and it was like an extraordinary feeling. Yes. Um, and all of the complications that went with that of like having to face up to myself and my family mm. and the expectations, mm. all of that stuff mm. was worth mm. the cost of mm. that love. Mm. Um, yes. And it yeah. Yes. And, well, and the yeah. worth the cost of being yourself, you know, mm. whatever that means. Like that doesn't mean the label, but just yeah. kind of actually being free to express who Matt really is. That yeah. is, I mean, it, it, it's just not rocket science, is it? You cannot have good mental health if you're hiding any aspects of yourself really. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. so where did you meet um, yeah. this fella? Um, I, I met him at a at a gay club. Oh, um, cute. Not, Old school. Yeah, just yeah, FYI. Um, and then he was just like a wonderful, like silly, happy fella. He was just a happy man. And it was when you meet those people who just like have joy. Yes. Like 
they just have like a little kernel of joy that sits yeah. inside them that never goes out. Yeah. Um, it's contagious, Matt. So the same way we talk about how, like, anger is contagious. I mean, there's literally, you know, research into how anger rips through communities and is destructive and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't think anger is necessarily bad. You've got to know what to do with it, et cetera. But we don't talk about the fact that joy is also contagious. Being in the presence, like if we put it in a dating context, if I go on a date with someone who has that little kernel, who's joyful, it's almost irrelevant how they look, honestly. Like mm. it's that kind of that vibe is intoxicating yeah. and it's hot as fuck. Uh, it was. So we would be hanging out and just like, you know, hanging out in the park in the sunshine. And yeah. uh, I'd look over him and he'd just be kind of like looking up at the sky and I'd go, what are you thinking about? Yeah. And he'd go, nothing. Oh. And, and I would like when I first sort of started hanging out with him, I would run in my head. It's like, oh, he must be thinking deep things. Like he must, yeah. there must be a thousand. <laughs> and then like towards the end of the relationship, he wasn't thinking about anything. He was just there. Like, just in being the present. Oh, my Lord. So a- I have, we have two dogs. One was purchased. One's a rescue dog. And the the big one, he is like a really stupid Labradoodle. And my mm. youngest, who's 11, she always says, wouldn't it be nice to be chewy and just be like dumb and pretty and just like <laughs> move through the world, just not like thinking about things. <laughs> but I'm Ralph, which is the rescue dog who's like on fucking high alert all the time and he's like <laughs> the, thinking 17 <laughs> moves ahead. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, he carries a trauma legacy with him. And yes. That's really... <laughs> oh, yes. poor little thing. And so how, um, oh, don't worry, he's hit the jackpot, mate. Um, how long were you two together? We were together for a bit over two years and then that ended not well. Um, but I think it was, I, I wanted, I just wanted the, I just wanted love and yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to be, yeah, I, I wanted more from it. And in hindsight, like, uh, like I understand that now, but I was devastated. Like it was very yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, so you wanted, and again, you share as much or as little as you want. You wanted a love that he couldn't give. Yeah, because like well, I was on the other side of the world, and I was going to move home, and then he came to live here for a bit, for like a yeah. year, and then at the end, I just couldn't understand why he didn't want to like stay. Like, why would you end a good thing? And then yeah. in hindsight, I was like. Like the kind of just chatting it out with friends as an older human going Mm. like, oh, it was over for him way before it was for me. He just wrote out the clock on it, which I was mad about for a while, but then I don't know, there was a kindness in that Mm. as well. There's some Mm. cleanness of that break. And And breakups are messy. You can look back in retrospect, and I've certainly done this in other relationships and gone, I probably was out some time before, but yeah. I wasn't consciously aware of that because, mm. as you say, you don't throw away something that's good. Mm. You know, maybe there's enough good there that you think, oh, we can make it work or I can make it work. or don't. You can look back and go, oh, that was never going to happen, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's malicious. No. And I do think that there's something kinder in going, I'm... I have to go because I'm going back home yeah. rather than go. 
I, you're, I'm just a bit bored by you. Like you want to yeah. settle down. <laughs> you want to settle down and I don't. And then there's a lot of like difficult conversations that come from that, but just yeah. offering the kind of immovable, like just jump geography. You can't yes. shift space. So, yeah. And have you like, always have you always wanted that kind of um, like permanency, like a, a relationship capital R, or have you been happy to play the field, or it's you'd always been yearning for that partnership? Um, I think because I didn't, I didn't think I could fall in love. Why? Um, well, just like because I was squashing down any love feelings for so mm. long growing mm. up. Then when I discovered it, I just got real drunk on that love drug. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Which would have been a freaky thing to be on the other end of. (laughs) This is really interesting. So in your case, from what I'm hearing, you'd had to repress your sexuality, whatever we want to call it, for so long that you sort of became disconnected even from the possibility of being in love. I think for yeah. other people that will also come if you do have um, a trauma background or you have, 100%. you know, if you're into attachment styles, go and look all that stuff up. So you might not, even unconsciously, you might be kind of going, this is not something available to me. So when it is available to you, oh, my God, you can be intense. Mm, yeah. Right? Oh, and yeah. that can be great if they're also intense, but if you're yeah. intense and they're not, they're terrified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Am I speaking your language? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Were you yeah, a little def- bit, do you think you are a bit claustrophobic? Like what were you? I reckon I was that. I don't like the phrase needy because um, I think it's a bit. Um, it's mean. It's, a, it's mean. It's gendered often as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I, men are never needy. Women are always needy. Yeah. Um, but I was. I, I, you know, I just needed constant affirmation and reassurance. It's like this thing, this lovely thing that I'm experiencing and that you look at me with sometimes and it feels amazing. Mm. Can I have it again? Give, I want it again. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Just, a, and I just think a, that, a note on that, I reckon, because we get a lot of that and I've definitely experienced that on both sides, actually. I think personally, and I'd love to know what you think, I reckon the way to deal with that for me, if I had a partner who felt like that, as long as they could express it and say, I understand that this is not about what you're giving or not giving. This comes from another place and it was there before you came along. And so I will need or would like reassurance on this front and it might take me a while to Mm. not need it so much. I would be okay with that. It's when you're needy and you don't know. And then that yeah. makes the other person feel like they're not giving enough. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. It 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 it, re- it really does. And I don't know whether you get to the place to be able to ask for like or, or to just be aware of what kind of reassurance you need. Yeah. Uh, without having like broken cross that line a bunch of times. <laughs> Well, cross that line, but also it's a bloody vulnerable thing to do. Like I've talked about this on the podcast before. Like I grew I was put on my first diet in prep, right? Five years old. Like I wasn't even fat. It's a whole thing. But that means I've grown up in a culture, but also in a, in a situation where my body was constantly scrutinized and it was either too big or too small or too something or too whatever even though I'm a lot further along in that journey, if I'm dating you, 
I am going to need reassurance on that front. Yeah. But I know that that's not because you, that's nothing to do with them, mm. right? That pre-exists them. So to be yeah. able to kind of go, this is a wound for me and mm. it will be helpful if you can know that and be sensitive around it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and definitely. tell me I'm hot constantly. That would also be great. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I need, um, I'm funny all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're funny and hot. <laughs> Oh, so are you. What a bonus. If oh, only my this was God, a the dream team. Our people would be of all, all persuasions. So um, after this um, relationship, and that's a big one, your first one being two years, like that's not just yeah. dating. That's like you, you're right in there. Yeah. How long? Because I know you're in a long-term relationship now. What happens between the two? Um, the invention of Grinder. Yeah, right. So you get on the apps. Uh, did the apps. Um, or not not. I didn't do the apps because I'm a children's performer and we Of died. course. Someone but, who looks a lot like you. We're talking early yeah. 2000s? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I met my current partner in the kind of early days of Facebook. There were a bunch of queer parties that were happening in Melbourne and I went to one of those and met him there, old school again. Um, and then I went on tour for about four months and we chatted every day and then I um, came back and was like, this is a thing, right? Like, mm. and he was like, yeah, 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 this is a thing. It's a thing. And that was 12 years ago something now. How lovely. Yeah. So first of all, can yeah. I make about me and go, is that going to happen for me, Matt? Is that going to happen for me? I want to go to the queer party and meet someone and chat for four months and then be 12 years together. Like, anyway, let's put that to the side. Um <laughs> What's he like? Um, oh, he's beautiful. He's kind and funny and um, I don't know. Uh, we haven't seen each other. Oh, we haven't seen each other for a while, so I'm a bit. Uh, he's an excellent human. He's yeah. so wonderful. Um, he's another, mu- he's a muso. Um, yeah. So he's got kind, art- like artistic. Yeah. Uh, he's done uh, quite a lot of therapy. Um, oh, was green sad- flag. Green flag. Yeah, he was sad for a while and is so is not afraid of talking about feelings. It, it takes him a while to get there. Yeah. But once you are having those conversations, it he has sort of, and I've, I've had a fair bit of therapy too, so he has a therapeutic language that we can kind of like yeah. talk about our feelings with. Yeah. Um, he can do and, it. He can do I mean, as we say, it's overused, but he's doing the work. I yeah. um, you, do you know that TV show First Dates Australia? Oh, uh, yes, I 100% do. Obsessed, like it's my favorite because <laughs> it's not that horrible gotcha bullshit. I love it. No. Long story short, they asked me to apply. Oh yeah. And I went fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I applied, and when I was doing the questionnaire, um, they said, "What's your dating deal breaker?" And I said, "They have to have been in therapy or in therapy." <laughs> like from this age I'm 49 like I've yeah. I'm pretty experienced I yeah. know enough to know that you cannot move through life without some help with insight into your yeah. like emotional regulation your triggers your wounds I'll accept almost all the wounds as long as you know what they are yeah okay yeah and you can manage them you know yeah yeah and you you're able to own up to them and uh, have somebody call you on them and yeah and 
things as well, yeah. And have the yeah. conversation, you know, sit, sit in the difficulty, whether it's yeah. like I've hurt your feelings, you've hurt my feelings, whatever. That's going to happen. That's humans. Mm. So can you actually sit in that without um, not never spiralling but without like spiralling out of control? And and as particularly yeah. for in my case, I can't do nasty. Like if someone's like a nasty fighter or even sarcastic or what, I, I can't do that. When you're in a fight with somebody and you tell you can tell that they just want to win and then you get oh, into yeah. point score and then it just goes bitter and, yeah. Well, you know I'm, that I'm, when I'm, you're chatting, you just like you're having that conversation. I've had this in dating a bit and then you kind of go, oh, what? what? Are we fighting now? Like it's like, <laughs> Wait. What? Oh, that I is. I was a, just talking. I, I, yeah, and I imagine with um with someone like you, Nelly, who's funny, and then your your humor, like it's it switches between like earn like like an earnest situational yes. joke, and then sometimes you'll do an ironic thing. Yes. If that person's hundred percent switched into what's going on, they have missed an ironic like call that you've made, and then suddenly you're in an argument. You're like, wait, no, 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 no. We were just. I think actually it's, I find that interesting because, and you know this because you, you're a performer and you know lots of comedians, in in real life I'm much more earnest. I mean I'm earnest on this, but I'm much more earnest in real life. And in some ways I have the opposite where in a dating situation they're expecting me to be funny or expecting me. Like so there'll be situations where they are sarcastic, for example, and it hurts me. They don't expect mm. me to be as sensitive as I am because, mm. you know, people see stand-ups and kind of go, oh, they can take anything. Like, no, not if we're dating, yeah. doll. You know, like, yeah. you don't. It's a whole different thing for me to get on stage and make a joke about myself. Very different mm. for you to make a joke about me because I'm being vulnerable yeah. with you. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? When you're in front of, it's in a lot of ways, it's easy to be on stage in front of a thousand people than it is to be sitting across from somebody. Oh, even now, like even doing this is like, I just come from doing a show and, you know, there are a couple of hundred kids in the crowd and that's easy for me. But talking about, yeah, talking about me and my relationships is like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Do my last relationship question for you, do you like, being in a sort of stable long-term relationship is that your because I'm starting to develop this idea that some people that's how they're built and there's other people who that it's just not for them you know they will do like a relationship for a year or a couple of weeks or two years or whatever and that's how they're going to be in their life and in some ways they should just accept that yeah yeah and the quicker they get to that realization the the quicker they get to happiness I think so Um, yeah yeah. Oh, I, I, I couldn't imagine any moment not being with Andrew as we get older. Like he's excellent. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And there's, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I what the, the episodes that I've really enjoyed of, of the podcast are the, 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 the folk who are long-term single and yes. having that as a label is really useful. Yeah. Um, because it, what it does is it allows an, a, a Wes's episode and then mm. somebody else who you're talking about who they're talking to and they had just like sort of stepped into owning that. And, oh, Kath and, Davis, and, I think you're talking about, yes. Yeah, and just it was great because I'm surrounded by people who are long-term single and 
the world looks at them as objects of like, oh, isn't that a shame that you You poor did somebody? thing, yeah. Yeah, you poor thing. Yeah. But like none of these none of these women are sad about that. They're fucking Like living La Vida Loca. Yeah, You know, they can and do I tell you whatever what, they want. there's nothing sadder than being in a relationship you don't want to be in. Miserable. Yeah. So we're trying to, as you would know, we're trying to rip up that script. Um, can I ask Yeah. you one more And there relationship are, question? yeah, this is, uh, there's just a lot of ways that you can be lonely and, uh, you know, and you can be, you can be lonely inside a relationship. You can be, yeah, lonely inside a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, And sorry. I didn't mean to take no, to be honest with you, I think what I hear, what I've experienced, being lonely when you quote unquote shouldn't be is far worse than the loneliness of singledom. You know, there's, I'm not going to lie, there's times as I'm single, there's times, you know, I had a bereavement recently and I found myself going, I just wish someone was here to give me a cuddle. You know, Mm. like Yeah. it's not that it's all beer and Skittles, but the worst scenario would be if you were in a relationship and didn't get that cuddle. Oh, oh, Right? yeah. Because you're meant to get it. You're meant It's to actually get far easier to process if it's not like right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Imagine. I've punched you in the face with that one, haven't I? Oh, it's just like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I think it's common, mate. The question I wanted to ask you is what do you think is your biggest strengths in relationships? Oh. Um, I mean, obviously you're a sex god. You've never had sex, but no. if you were to have sex, you'd be very good at it. But Oh, other thank than you. that. Um, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind saying I'm sorry. Uh, that's never a Very good. inside our relationship. I also am interested in how we got to the conflict point, like the Yes. not, not when we're arguing and what happened during the argument, because I Yeah. sometimes that's a, sort of a useless thing to look at. I think sometimes when Andy and I do. bicker I'll go wait hang on how did we get to here Yeah. and then Perfect. um That the genuine other thing curiosity. I If you're going head to head to be right, and I've done that, and I'm sure you've done it, like we've all done it, when you get into mm. that thing of like, but I just have to win this argument, the real connection is when you sit down and go, I want to understand how we got here. Like I, I don't yeah understand why you're hurt or you don't understand why I am, but we can work it out if we can sit in this enough. Yeah, and then the uh, the wonderful thing about Andy is he goes along with that. He's interested in that as well. So You've got to both we can, do it. You can't, yeah. God knows you can't drag someone to insight, right? You've got to both <laughs> be prepared to do that and it's uncomfortable. I think that's why your therapy deal breaker is an interesting one as well, because what therapy does what it indicates about a human being is that they are curious about themselves. They're Yes. not afraid of what they might find at the bottom No. of the pit. They're not Mm. afraid that they're going to sit across from somebody, uh, a therapist, and that that therapist might go, oof, you're really broken. Yeah. I'm so sorry you're busted. We can't Yeah. fix you. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I like, I like that. And if I you've like got that a a lot. decent therapist, you're used to being challenged. Like nothing shits me more. I mean, I joke about it, but it's also real where like my therapist, I fucking hate when she's right. You know, <laughs> well, there's some things you don't want to see. Right, there's some Yeah. things you don't want to see and then it might take you a week, it might take you six months, it might take you five years and then you go, oh, shit, you were right. But you can't fix what you can't acknowledge.
Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. and it might be, it's not some nirvana where you never have any shit. It's about mm. going, I know that's a thing for me. So if you and I were dating, for example, and I know there's a particular, what a beautiful. Know, it's on the cards. If you've got <laughs> an abandonment wound, you know, if you're constantly worrying about getting about, well, if you don't text me back, that's going to be activated. Is yeah. that your fault? No. Right? Mm. So you need to know that yourself. Oh, I'm yeah. having a reaction to something that happened before Matt even came into my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know yeah, how yeah. you get there without therapy. I don't. Nah. And uh, being able to kind of like take that moment of like being able to go, well, if I don't hear from you, that that's an abandonment thing. Mm. That able to offer that insight to somebody else stops them from like filling in the gaps in their mind of what yes. where it comes from. And everyone's overthinking. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is not so much a meme. It's actually a quote from probably, I don't know, if, would I say she's my favourite author? She's definitely in my top five. It's a Jeanette Winterson quote. She says, this was recently, I imagine she must be late 50s by now, maybe even in her 60s. She said, I now, I know now after 50 years that the finding, losing, forgetting, remembering, leaving, returning never stops. The whole of life is about another chance and while we are alive till the very end, there is always another chance. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't that lovely? What do you think of it? I think that's so lovely. I've got a lot of friends in my life at the moment who are going through um, uh, massive, like big big transitions. Yeah. I've got a a hippie cousin who is like one of my dearest people in the world and she's super into astrology and I don't yeah. know whether um, that's a thing that you're into, but she said there's some massive cos- cos- cosmic event that is happening that is causing everyone's life to uh, go through change. Yeah. Um, and that's a beautiful thing to offer those those people in my life because but the, uh, and a, f- a few of them are like kind of um, women in their like late 50s who have had mm. partners that have, you know, gone for various reasons mm. and they're looking for a way to sort of to feel reborn or experience mm. something that they wanted to. And mm. m- my, my strategy with that is to always just say yes, like if you yeah. want it, just do it. And if you, you can, still breathe in, there's hope. Give it a go. Yeah, whatever yeah. that looks like. And it doesn't have to be, I'm going to find another partner. It might- wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Might be, well, I want to have some situationships. I want to try one night stand for the first time in my life. I want to... Um, go and pass someone at a party, right? Yeah. It doesn't. It's not prescriptive. 
It can be whatever yeah. there is in loss, also opportunity. Yeah. And I, I think that's also like, I, uh, it's funny, you and I were chatting just before mm. the podcast about um, uh, get being full about like not being able to handle the yeah. tech, going like, I've learned enough things. Yes. I've, I've learned enough. And I find myself getting to that point and then, um, but, but then like thinking about what's going on in this country at the moment and going, this is the conservative mindset is the one that goes, I will not accept any more loss or change. Yes, that's what I'm done. not accept that anymore mm. and I'm going to do whatever, every, whatever I can mm. to uh, stop that. And mm. so the idea that just acknowledging that, mm. yeah, the, 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 the changing, the renewal, the giving, the taking continues. Mm. Look, if you are, if you're fighting change, if you're fighting against change, as far as I'm concerned, you are shouting into the wind. You know, life is change and we try and assert control and there's some things we can control. Most we can't. I mean, if we didn't learn that through COVID, we're never going to learn it. Like we're not in charge, you know, like we have some agency. But we are yeah. not in charge. And so once you get to that place of acceptance and in this dating and relationships context, to me, that's all terrifying and freeing at the same time because you go, that means I've got to take the person um, that I am on a date with or in a relationship with or whatever for how they are right now and how this is right now. And we can do yeah. the best that we can do to make it work, but there is no guarantee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or and in and in also acknowledging that, like you kind of accept that um, you don't, or you also don't have to take that person as well. That, no, that, you know that you can just walk away from the person. I've got a um, a friend of mine who um, tried online dating, tried all of the tried all of the strategies, and never ended up finding. Um, anyone and the final date they went on was somebody um she sat down with them and like not even a hello not even a you know nice dress like no compliment like no decent human being acknowledgement Mm. the guy went so you probably noticed I had some motorcycles on my uh profile picture and then Yeah, and then she stood up and just put twenty dollars down to pay for the Negroni and went, "I'm done." I, yeah, I can't. <laughs> and just left him there. <laughs> this is a woman over forty. It a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, totally. I'm and this is what I mean. Done. I'm the same as you. Like when people talk about aging, it's usually in. I mean, this is changing a bit, but it's usually in. Um, I don't know, kind of. Sad, a sad tone is not the right word, but I'm my brain's struggling to find one. I look back at my 20s and I go, I would have stayed on that date and oh, I yeah. would have endured it right. for four hours or more and probably even seen them again. And da-da. whereas from this age, I'm like, oh, mum hasn't got time for that shit. Yeah. And, and what you would have done too, Nelly, is because you're an empathetic person, you would have sat in that date and made that person feel better about themselves mm-hmm. for like, entire length of the day and all Absolutely. the time costing yourself yeah. that emotion. Yeah. I will say the only exception I've made to that, I'll, I'll be careful with details, but I went on a date with a woman some time ago and she kind of did a version of that. So we sat across each other and she just literally, Matt, talked at me for two hours. She was a life coach. It's a whole thing. 
talked at me <laughs> without drawing breath, didn't ask a single question. There was part of my brain going, get up and leave. And then the other part of it was like, this is fascinating. Like how long mm. can you go for? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was like yeah. watching a car accident. It was like yeah. I couldn't leave. I wanted yeah. to just see. It, it literally went for a couple of hours. Oh, my goodness. It's wild. 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 But I kind of look back at it with fondness. In, I mean, clearly nothing happened. But I look mm. back at it with fondness in a way of going, just people are fascinating. Like, what did you think you were going to get out of it? Like, why would I see you again when you literally yeah. didn't even say, you know, what do you do on the weekends? Or <laughs> let alone, what do you think about life? Or yeah. dating? Or not a single question in the entire dinner. Wow. Well, I know. As a, as a man with a lot of single friends who go on lots of dates, that is not a like a unique story. Oh no. I have a version of that story yeah. many Are you ready for a listener call? Oh, oh. Hi Nelly, it's me again, the 51-year-old widow who's fallen in love with a slightly younger man who has three young children. Um so I'm not really in too much of a rush to be moving in with him, although I would like for that to happen sooner rather than later. I really just wanted some advice about what types of things we need to be putting in place before we do decide to do that. So I think I probably need to speak with a lawyer and an accountant and, yeah, I'd I, just don't know um, exactly who and what. Um, I think I want to rent my house out while we buy something new together If because I think financially that might actually work the best. Um, you were asking about his children I really like having a role in the lives of his children. They live primarily with their mum, but they spend a lot of time with my partner and um, I really like that. I like that about him. I like that about us. Okay, so I'm going to give you some backstory. So this okay. caller, now I hope I get the details correct. She's called into a previous episode. Um, she's widowed. So her husband died uh, from memory. Her children are a bit older, um, as in they might be late teens, even adults. She started seeing a guy who's got young kids. And if I remember correctly, the advice myself and my co-host gave at the time was kind of around take it slowly, be careful financially, and also don't feel that sort of cultural pressure and expectation that you have to parent again if you don't want to. Now, by the sounds of her call, she's happy to be a somewhat parental figure, which is great as long as that's what she wants. Um, but we're talking about, again, this is very specific, I think, to dating later in life. You're more likely to have assets, kids, superannuation, all the things that no one gives a shit about when you're 25, but really matter when you're 49, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So. What do you hear in that? Do you have any advice? Um, 
I mean, I'm very qualified to give financial advice. <laughs> like my finances are, they're brilliant. Um, <laughs> I can give the fun. I'll start actually, because I contacted um, WIRE, which is the Women's Information Referral Exchange, and it's an organisation I've been involved with for many years. They're based in Victoria in Australia, but they take calls from basically anywhere. And yep. I contacted their CEO about this call and said, you know, can she call? And she's like, absolutely. You can call from any state. Oh, yeah. There are not comparable organisations in other states, which, which blows my mind. Um, oh, wow. But I also talked to a lawyer and the lawyer said to me, and this is not individual legal advice, let me put all the disclaimers in place, um, <laughs> but I would absolutely be looking at what's called a binding financial agreement or a BFA. And what mm -hmm. that means, I guess it's sort of like a version of a prenup. What mm -hmm. that means is if you decide to move in together, um, that you spell out very clearly, um, say, I already own this house, I will retain ownership of it if the if the relationship ends or whatever the things are, but 100% yeah. get legal advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because there's a way that that situation could... I imagine get sufficiently messy um, because of the kind of extra external pressures of kids and yeah. existing relationships between somebody and their ex. Yeah, um, there's a way that that situation could spiral and yep. become hurtful, spiteful, vengeful, mm. um, and people would go after. Perhaps M money is a very good way or a very efficient way to sort of hurt somebody and, and that um, doesn't mean dear caller that either Matt or I are saying that this lovely bloke is going to do that but what no. it does mean is I can tell you I cannot tell you how many times I've heard this story you do not know someone till you break up with them and you do not want to yeah. find out the hard way that they want two-thirds of your super or yeah. the house that you own or what like you must particularly as a middle-aged woman frankly and a mother, you must protect your financial security. Yeah, yeah. And I also imagine going through that process with somebody, there's a certain amount of um, p p personality that would be revealed from doing that. Correct. Like if, you can sit, if you can sit in front of somebody and say, I need you to sign a piece of paper that just, like, carves you out of the, the life that I have built for myself. Mm. And if they react badly to that, there's an opportunity to talk about the relationship in that moment. Mm. And there's something you could learn from just being mm. those questions and putting, putting that out there on the table. Do you know what? Because to me, Matt, it's the equivalent. This is relationship, but this one's a dating one that we've talked about before. It's the equivalent of if a woman's going on a date with a straight guy and I'm not hashtag all straight guys, et cetera, you know, take all the caveats. But if a woman's going on a date with a guy, the reality of the world is that there's going to be some element of her concern for her safety. If mm -hmm. she says to that guy, I'll come back to your house, but I need the address and I'm going to text it to my friend and he loses his shit, you fucking leave that date, right? Mm -hmm. He should have enough emotional intelligence to know that women exist in a world in an unsafe way in this dating yeah. context and that yeah. you need that reassurance. And I'd say the same in this case. If she sat down with this lovely man and said, I'm a single mum, I'm in middle age, I cannot um, give away my financial security, we need to sort this out with a BFA, mm. if he wouldn't do that, mm. for me that would be a, 
like such a red flag that it would be a deal breaker? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, you, you'd know the statistic um, maybe, but the highest like homeless, the growing, the, the highest growing homeless rate is women over 65 or something like that. It's women over 50. 50, is it? Oh, my God. Now. Yeah, it's women over 50 in Australia, the, high, the most um, rapidly growing rate of homelessness. And a lot of it is due, due, due to separation and divorce. Yeah, that's And it. then yeah. having been out of the workforce so you don't have the same amount of superannuation if you had kids, all of that sort of shit. Oh, you just the only paid. thing I'd say, I mean, you're a grown woman and you do whatever you want to do, but I, I think both Matt and I, our face went a bit weird when you said you wanted to buy a house with the guy. Yeah. Um, personally, if you take it or leave it, but my advice would be rent for at least a couple of years. Definitely. De like, definitely. Try before you buy. Try before. Keep your house that you own, rent it out, so that if for some reason this relationship does end, you've always got your house to go back to. But rent with him if you want to move in with him. Yeah, because there is a, um, yeah, again, a, a real benefit in just knowing what that will be like. Maybe I, I, I have a friend who uh, lived, lived with their partner for a little while and then it turned out that it became extremely difficult for them to exist with the kids in the house, that mm. there was so much turmoil going yep. on uh, in in that relationship that their mm. presence in the house was actually causing quite a lot of conflict. Yeah. And then they were, they were, and they, nobody saw it coming. The mm. kids did what kids do, which was mm. like, they, they, uh, threw a, um, an unknown. in the works. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and so then they, what they did was they just rented a place around the corner. And yeah, beautiful. when the, they, they were there when the kids were over and it was yep. just this sort of, and once they weren't living in the house together, everybody's relationship was so much better. But they didn't see that coming. They just it's, they... it's called Living Apart Together. It's a movement. You can Google it. I'll put some links in the mm -hmm. show notes, particularly in this context. And I reckon I would strongly, if I ever fall in love again, and it's a long-term thing, I would love that scenario where you're close by but where you're not putting the pressure on your children, their children, each other to have to Brady bunch it, it's certainly not for many years, right? Because it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to deal with yeah. for everybody. I actually have, um, I don't think they'll mind me saying, I'll check and I'll take it out if, if they would mind me saying, a lesbian couple, friends of mine who've been together for a few years. So they both were in long-term relationships that ended. They've come together, a beautiful couple, one of them has children who would be sort of early 20s and the other one's got teenagers. The one with the kids in the early 20s is like, I'm not going through the teen years again. Yeah, I'm not yeah. living with you until the kids are grown up. Mm. I respect that completely. Yeah. Definitely. She's done it. She's done the hard yards. She doesn't want to yeah. do it again. It's not no diss on the kids. No. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing that sort of pinged for me uh, when you were saying that they had older kids. It, it's quite, it's nice to spend time with, with kids and I love them. My entire life is making them feel yeah. like happy and safe in the world. Yeah. But there are moments where they don't and they mm. they don't have the faculties to process it the same way that an adult does. And then mm. 
high, you end up in high conflict zones in mm. in your house and mm. not having a space to go to when you've already done that. Mm. Yeah, that's a big that's a big deal. And I tell you what, I can say from personal experience, menopause combined with puberty in the same house. Oh <laughs> mate, that's a bloody fringe show right there. <laughs> no one's buying tickets to it. That there's a lot yeah. of big feelings. Yeah. There's just a lot of people sitting in the audience intensely triggered by the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> someone's storming out, someone's crying, there's estrogen patches, there's a whole thing. <laughs> um, there's right. hot flashes and heads in oh, Hot flashes, I've got a fan, there's like zits. It's a it's a it's a scene. It but really is a scene. The good thing is, is that um, everyone has zits and is growing whiskers. So that's well, really. Well, that's true. That's really. That's true. And I will say my beautiful teenager does um, lay in bed with me and pluck my chin hairs. So who am I to complain? Um, <laughs> there's an image for you. Hot. Why am I single, Matt? Why? Why, why isn't this a video podcast? Like, is that content? Like, it, maybe you could start a channel where people, you video um, and interview people who are choked, plucking your chin hairs. Babe, only fans. I'll pay off my mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> if people will pay to see feet, they'll pay to see my chin being plucked. All right, I've got a letter for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. Dear Nelly, I was dating a woman who is about 12 years younger than me. I'm 52. Just for context, I don't even know if this matters, but the it's an anonymous letter, but it's a female, so it's a same-sex relationship. Um, She broke up with me, which is fine, but then started following me on social media and liking all my posts. What? Is this a millennial thing? Is it some sort of message? Should I ignore it? I don't know why she dumped me, then take an interest in my life. Help! Oh, my goodness. That's guilt, isn't it? The person. What is it? Yeah, I think it's the 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 younger person broke up with somebody, felt intensely guilty about doing it, and then are just like, Oh no, we're still friends. We are. Like, is that what it is? Oh, so we're gonna we're keeping a connection. Yeah. I immediately thought. I mean, I thought they want to see what you're doing. Oh yeah, there's obviously that I reckon too. Yeah, spying. But then yeah. why? But you can spy. Like you can lurk. You're not. You're not as conspicuous. Oh, you're as liking. Lurking. You're right. Yeah. I think it's just like I'm not a bad person. I, I'm not. Yes. We're friends now. Do you know what I wonder? Because, and again, I find this really hard. I'm not a luddite by any means. I do my own website and all that sort of stuff, but I'm not great with social media. Like I've only been on Instagram a couple of years, etc. Yeah. But I think there might there's some kind of generational thing where these things do mean something different. I've experienced yeah. this in dating, where I'm like, I'm not even reading that, but you're trying to send me a message. Like I mm. think that perhaps what this woman's doing is liking your post, seeing if you will respond. Like they're trying oh, to sort of go send like a little test balloon to go, will you message me? Like maybe we can rekindle. Oh, do you know what um, What you could do in this situation? And it's a radical piece of advice. Mm. That send them a message and go, why do you keep liking my posts? I mean, just putting it. that out. I think a product of that social media generation, but there's Mm. an, there's a, there's a long tail to relationships that social media allows. And I don't, it's, that's not healthy. 
Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think you got to call it. Otherwise, I'm going to do sit. a combo of our advice. If it's giving you the shits, just block her because you don't oh, have yeah. to have anyone on your social media that you don't want and you don't owe anyone an explanation. But if yep. you want to know what's going on, Matt's 100% right, just call it. Because if they're going, oh, I just want to remain friends, then you can say I don't or I do. Yep. If they're actually trying to draw you back into communication, you can also go yes or no. Yeah. Call it. Like if it's some passe game, who's got the time and emotional energy for that? Yeah. No. But it's fucking and, and weird. It's it's very odd. And I yeah, it's very, very odd. There's a thing that I think you learn as you get older, as you get older as well, that you don't have to be friends with your ex. And that's not the first time that's really radical piece of advice has been yes. said on this very podcast. But there's a thing where when I broke up with my first partner, I was devastated and we were trying to be friends. But then I had a drink with a friend of mine who was older and he said, but you were never friends in the first place. You mm. don't have that to fall back on. You don't mm. know what it's like to mm. just chat about the weather. Mm. Yes. So so if you're after a friend situation, returning to a friend situation, you have to build build a friendship. And you need time. And I will say this is very specific to this situation. And, again, it's hard not to speak in stereotypes, but I tell you what, this is a real issue in Leso land because (laughs) the default is we'll still live together even if we've broken up, let alone (laughs) we'll still be friends. And there's some logistical reasons for that because you're going to see each other in the community and you don't want it to be acrimonious and all that kind of stuff. But you also, my favourite phrase, and particularly if you have to co-parent, but even in that situation, you can be friendly, not friends, right? You can be friendly, you can be courteous, you can be, if you see Mm. that person out, of course, you can have a hug even. Like you Mm. can say, how you doing? That doesn't mean that you message every day or you're on each other's social media or you're at the birthday party or whatever. Like some people you can do that with, but it requires time. There has yeah. to be a period of time of no contact, I reckon. Always, always. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, yeah, time, and that time allows you the time to, like, do the hurt, hate, heal thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, build something new. And in that time you go, is it worth it? Yeah. Like, is, it, is it worth it? Do I even want this or am I doing because I'm meant to? Put, put it this mm. way. Can you imagine yourself sitting down with that person and telling them about a date you went on. If you can't, yeah. you're not friends. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the, the opposite is true. Like, yeah. can you handle them telling them? Correct. You were, they, and if you can't, you're not past it yet, give yourself some more time. You might be in a year, mm. you know, like you can definitely be friendly with exes with some time. Yeah. But don't th- put that pressure on yourself that we oh, we have to stay in contact or I'm a terrible person. <laughs> or they are. Yeah, definitely. Right. No shade on my ex. Tell me stupid shit an ex of yours has done, as trivial or as, you know, deep as you want. Oh. Oh, well, I had one that ground their teeth. Oh, my God. Well, get a mouth plate. Yeah, 100%. I would just go, you really have to do something about that. Yeah. Um, what else? I had an ex who had never eaten pumpkin. I before. don't like pumpkin. Does that count? No, but I, I, it was a thing like 
it's, it's a thing that I find interesting about um, men is that they're very happy to be like emasculate, like, sorry, infantilized. Like there yeah. are all of these men in the world who are just like, oh, I don't like that. Uh, yeah. Like a child. Yeah, it's like I'm not in, trying it, not doing it. No, it's different. I don't like it. No, I've never yeah. had that before. Yeah. That makes me crazy. So that um, is 100 I don't know if it's a red flag. It's definitely an amber flag. Yeah. Right? If someone's not prepared to, not just food, but if they're not prepared in any way to countenance a different way of doing things, being in the world, or what, how can you grow together? Yeah. Yeah. That's a very, very, very good point. You're going to have to bend to their way. Who is just going to be stuck. Yeah. Um, and I'm not bending well, unless it's fun. Right. So, no. yeah. <laughs> Plus, we're over, we're over 40 now, so bending's much harder than it used to be. Do you know what I mean? I can do all oh, the Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm quite limber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a 10 butt. So tell me, like, who's the hottest celebrity you can think of? Oh, my goodness. Like um, a real hot and top hottie, like a Keanu Reeves. Uh, uh, I, is Stanley Tucci? Oh, I Stanley just, Tucci. Yeah. I, Love Stanley Tucci. Oh, you're sapiosexual, aren't you? You 100% are. Yeah, it's all, it's between the ears. Gotcha. Now I know where we are. Should have asked that at the start. So, you and Stanley (laughs) Tucci are sitting on a date. Let's assume you're single Mm. or you have Andy's permission. Mm. And he does something that you cannot get past. What would that be? He's a 10 butt. If he said, Oh, I don't really care, you order. Like, that would make me crazy. It's like, what are you talking about? No, we have to, like, you have to show me some interest in what we're going to eat because eating is my greatest pleasure and it's what I would expect from Stanley Tucci now that I think about it because it's probably almost the entire reason why I like it. (laughs) But I think if you are, like, what that would indicate to me, to turn this up being flippant serious, is that Mm. I've made an offer to you. Yeah. Like of going out to dinner and then you've just passed the buck to me. And it's yes. like we're going to share this together. Yes. I'm not ordering food for you. You've got to yes. be, you have to participate in this. Oh, yeah. see, this is so fascinating to me because I've been that person who's kind of gone, and it is if I can be deep, but it's true, sounds ridiculous. For me, it's like class anxiety, you know, oh, because yeah. I grew up like working class. Mm. If mm. When I'm in a fancy restaurant, I get stressed. Uh, even though I love food and I go to those places, if I was on a, had the added stress of a, a date, I yeah. can imagine myself kind of going, oh, you know, I'm happy for you to order whatever. Having said mm. that, I have also dated people who wouldn't make decisions and because <sighs> I can be, whether it's in reality or their perception, the alpha, they expect mm. me to make all the decisions all the time and it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think it also that other, in, in go, going back to what we were talking about before, that to me is like a, a trigger that uh, for me, it, it indicates that you're happy to just be like infantilized. Like, I'm a baby. I can't. Yes. You would like, yes. It's like, no, we are two adults. We're about to enjoy a meal together. If it's a fancy restaurant, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Got to, you have to participate in those moments for me. I'm going to take, you've taught me something. I'm going to take that on board because I'm trying to rewrite, like I don't want to be anyone's mum, right? I've already got kids. So I don't want to parent someone. I need someone who is, you know, going to hold me as much as them to put it in that conceptual framework. 
So I think you're right. If you start getting signs like that, well, you decide, you tell me where to park. You order mm. the wine. You arrange the date. or That's someone who wants a, a parent. Yeah. Not hot. Yeah. Not hot. Not hot at all. My legs are Not closing hot. as we speak. <laughs> you're put, putting your tits back in your top. My tits are back in. The rack <laughs> is back on the rack. <laughs> that's a really good tip i'm going to take that forward and next time and i'm assuming you'll come back on i'm going to implement that on dates and give it a test run and i'll be a sample size of one and we'll see if you're right oh that's nice thank you yeah How dude, about let that? Me know. um let me know that's really great I was actually yeah. going to say, which I don't normally do, and this is going to go long, but I don't care. I'm really enjoying chatting to you. Is there, Sorry. it feels like you've done a lot of internal work and you've thought a lot about, you've come to this relationship and this stage in your life the hard way is the way that I would put it. You haven't, this hasn't all been handed to you. You've had to do the work to get to this point. Even the fact that you started dating relatively late you know, compared to a lot of people, what's the biggest thing that you've learnt, do you think, about dating and relationships through that life experience lens? I don't know. I The reason I started therapy was I remember I was sitting, um, I was sitting at a bus stop and I was just so miserable. Like, mm. and I just, I, and I was like, I just don't want my life to be this. I don't mm. want to be sad anymore mm. and I didn't really know what to do um I went to um uh I, I mean I think maybe it's just like I've got a lot of older friends as well and mm. I, this, they, they offer their love and their um wisdom, wisdom. Mm. yeah wisdom to me and I had a friend going well have you ever thought about telling somebody about it and again mm. I come back to class like you know I didn't know that therapy was a thing. I didn't, like, mm. I certainly couldn't, like, my parents wouldn't have been able to afford any of that sort mm. of stuff when I was a miserable teenager. Mm. Um, and I think that from that there is a curiosity that I got about myself and other people mm. from, I mean, it's, it's, it's innate as well. Like, mm. I just, like, you know, we, we are artists. We do these things mm. and so we are interested in people and, Mm. their worlds and what goes on for them and what makes their decisions theirs. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what it is, like just trying to stay curious about why people are the way they are and why mm. you are the way that you are mm. because I don't think that anyone is a bad person. I think that, I think that there are lots of situations that form bad people. I mean, obviously no, that's essentialist thinking, but I try mm. and approach the world through the um, uh, the lens of no one. Sometimes people bring you their shitty moments and their mm. shitty day or their shitty, but underneath that there is somebody who just wants to laugh as well mm. And, mm. and hang out. And I'm going to have a yeah. bit of a bet each way on that one because I think yep. very rarely, but I think that some people are just fucked. And yeah. I think maybe they were born I mean, like that. 
and I haven't worked in those trauma spaces that you've worked in and, 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 and I ha certainly haven't spoken to the women that you've spoken to doing your work, Nelly. And It's rare yeah. though, Matt. I will give you that. Like it is rare. Like the, it, almost everyone's behaviour, even despicable behaviour, is explainable. Um, but I think it's also really important in this context, particularly in dating, mm. to go even if I understand why, doesn't mean I stay. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's actually really important, isn't it? It's like just because you can pathologize somebody's behavior doesn't mean you should put up with it. Yeah. It you know, it goes beyond the price of admission into that relationship for you. You should yeah. walk out. But then understanding that that I mean trying to hold it in yourself that you you didn't cause that, that doesn't yes. really have anything to you to sort of a theme yeah. through this has been that, hasn't it? Yeah. We've sort of touched on that a little bit you and, and you don't have to demonize them either you know it can no. be enough to sit on that date and kind of go look I can see for whatever reason there could be cultural reasons financial a whole range you might go okay well you've done no um internal work you haven't been able to you've chosen not to whatever it is I don't think you're a terrible person but you're not for me yeah you know yeah. You yeah. are for me though, Matt. You Same, are. Same, Nelly. Same. <laughs> Can I just say, Nelly, also, if you're in a restaurant and you're feeling like you sh shouldn't be there yeah. because of you, you have an inherited class anxiety, yeah. like that is ridiculous to me. I'm sorry, yeah. so sorry to dismiss that feeling. You just should ask them what every fucking thing on the menu is. Yes. Like be the working class person that you are yes. proudly in that situation because you yes. work fucking hard to get the money to go to those spaces. Yeah. Never yeah. apologise for being in there yeah. and being like the person. Because chances are that the waiter that you're talking to Correct. comes from our stock yeah. and they're like going, oh, basically it's just a fancy way of saying like soup. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> who do you think ends up talking to the wait staff all night this bitch <laughs> this guy this guy too you're so right it's one of the things there's some things i just accept about myself now that i go i've also got enough insight to go no i'm not going to work on that and i've yeah, talked fair. about those things before and they don't hurt anyone that's yeah. one of the things i am working on that imposter thing um yeah. it's it's not real you know, and I have every right to be there, yeah. and it do, it means nothing if I don't understand the menu. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a work in progress. Definitely. So that's just a sandwich. Yeah, like it's pretty much. Sandwich. <laughs> I just well, I like tell that. you what: if I end up on first dates Australia, I'm ordering the ribeye. I'll tell you that much. And if yeah, I want it well it. done, yeah. I'll fucking do it. Yeah, get it. And get curly fries. <laughs> oh, you're an absolute delight. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. All right. Thanks, Nelly. Yeah. I've had a lo lovely chat. It's been Me wonderful. Me too. Yeah. Nice to All see right. you. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly, I'm eager to hear your point of to explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk it through.
deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.